With the first pick in the 2008 WNBA draft, the Los Angeles Sparks select Candace Parker. With the first pick in the 2011 WNBA draft, the Minnesota Lynx select Maya Moore from the University of Connecticut. edition your bi-weekly WNBA podcast brought to you by Sports Ethos and Outlet Pass. My name is Corey. Akil is out this week, but I got Bailey and Carissa with me. Bailey, what's up? Well, you know, Monday, uh, rainy Monday. Same here, actually. Um, You know, just, I don't know. I've been feeling very Malayan today. I don't know. I had to drive for like three hours. Yeah, I just got to look outside at the gray. Like I've I've been indoors, but it's it was seventy yesterday, and all of a sudden today it's just gray and windy and like forty five, and it's it's just one of those days. It, it was warm up until maybe like twelve ish, and it got real cloudy around that time, and the wind started picking up, and then I would say probably around two, right about the time I headed out on this drive, is when it started raining. That makes sense. Carissa, how are you? I'm good. It wasn't raining here, <laughs> but it is raining the rest of the week. So there you have it. I was going to say, I feel like where you're at, you probably get sporadic rain, if nothing else. Like, I feel like that's just like commonplace yeah. for your area. Yeah. I mean, Georgia is the same. Georgia and Florida are pretty much the same. It's like you can go four weeks throughout rain and then three days nonstop for no reason. That makes sense. Yeah, this for us up here, this time of year is the fact that it was seven yesterday was surprising because it's just generally ugly from like January <laughs> to like the first week of April. You don't know if you're going to get snow, rain, or what, but you're probably going to get something you don't like. But, Ew. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's enough about the weather. So we're gonna th- <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna touch on. Uh, you guys actually did a really good job at the end at last week's episode talking about uh, Howard Magdal's story, but I wanted to get my thoughts on it because I'm Corey. Uh, and then we're going to get, we're going to touch on the other news around the league before kind of, we're going to do a fun segment and it's fitting that Kiel's not here for it uh, because I don't know that he's actually physically capable. We're going to give some flowers to some players that don't typically get the acknowledgement or, t- or whether it be, I don't, I don't know how you, you guys tackled it, but I tried to look at somebody that I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this person on the pod for mine. So I think it's going to be kind of cool to show some appreciation as kind of a uh, starting like next week or whatever. We're already getting into heading back into the season. We're only eight weeks away, seven weeks away, something like that. So it'll be here before you know it. But I'm going to start with everything going on with the New York Liberty and the story that came out last week in Sports Illustrated. To me, charter flights are more of a symbol of the problem in this league than the actual problem. The Jazz Jones quote in Howard's piece kind of stuck out to me in that regard. And that she said, they treat they this team, this organization, this ownership group, they treat us like they treat the, the NBA team. 
Like, what a concept that would be. We do not talk about the competitive advantages of this nature in any other professional sports league in America. I, Whenever I heard the terms competitive advantage, I was like, is this NIL? Like, what are we talking about here? This, this is not something we typically hear with a pro sports league. We talk about tampering, sure, but giving players the best possible treatment, that is the expectation, not an impermissible benefit. We have seen less punishment in the NFL for the leadership of the Washington Commanders and Dallas Cowboys for sexual harassment. The threat of losing countless draft picks and potentially your franchise as a whole, even if it was just an empty threat, is something that typically is saved to the absolute worst offenders, a la Donald Sterling. And even that took him being caught on tape doing something absolutely absurd. Worrying that the players, quote unquote, may get used to it, was brought up. Do they mean being treated like the professional athletes that they are? How dare they to be, expect to be treated, if not compensated, like the other professional leagues, especially considering they are showing growth by comparison? In recent years, the WNBA has started to draw better ratings than the NHL, which is considered one of the four major sports leagues in North America. And yet those owners are able to lavish their players with top-tier hotels, flights, and salaries. Lexi Brown put it best when she said, the major thing holding the WNBA back is, in fact, the WNBA. And she got some flack from that and was treated as whether it was hindering her chances going forward or what have you. But it rings true. Allowing the majority of owners to view the league as a place to find a tax write-off of some sort, or one owner was quoted as saying this is charity work, while not actually truly investing in women's sports, is honestly disgraceful. Forget the way we watch the games or promote the league or the availability of merchandise, all things that have been pointed out since the investment that was made over the offseason. All of those things do probably need an overhaul. I'm not going to say that they don't. But this is more important. There are four noted ownership groups that find this league to be a growth opportunity, and those are the ones that we should really be focusing on. While one-third is not nearly enough, it is a start. Kathy Engelbert noted that it would cost $20 million to charter flights for the entire league, acting as if that that was some sort of justification for it being in the CBA. What that doesn't really, it it minimizes the fact that that would cost less than $2 million per team to do that. Well, that is a lot of money for the people on this call and and anyone that's probably listening to this. If you're an owner of a professional sports team, that's your tax write-off. That's your minimal expense to actually be considered a professional sports team. We are continuously told to invest in women's sports and bet on women's sports. That's been a little bit of a hot phrase as of late, as the WFBA pointed out. The truth of the matter is we all do that. We as fans, we as people covering the league, it's time for the owners to step up and do the same. Wow. That was beautiful, Corey. I mean, no, it was well thought out and well said and needed to be said. Exactly. Well, I appreciate that. But yeah, so like I said, you guys covered it well last week. So if anyone actually wants to hear people cover it and not just me pontificate on things, absolutely check out our episode last week. But I, you know, like I said, I, I wanted to get my thoughts out on it. The other controversial news story of the week, and not controversial, but it, it's unfortunate, as you said, Bailey, online, that it seems like anytime the W is trending, it's because of something bad. We don't really have to get into the Brittany Griner situation. And, and honestly, I don't think it's really appropriate for anyone to really like sit here and act like we know much about it at this point. I I wrote an article about it on Outlet Pass, but it's really just talking about how I don't want us to dehumanize her in this situation. I think we all agree that we just want her to be brought home safe and sound and and give the people, her loved ones, privacy and and just general human decency during this time, right? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. 
yeah, it seems it seems like the the bare minimum expectation in a time like this. And I, I like I said, we don't have to go too deep on it, but it's it's definitely caused some interesting things to to circulate around and be said. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 been very very interesting and and oftentimes bothersome not just even thinking about her but just the way people some people have reacted has been very very bothersome i knew none of us would really react that way but i also like it's the kind of thing that what can we even say until we actually know something because this is not the kind of situation i think any of us want to prognosticate about there's just so many levels and elements at play and involved it's it would be I don't want to say above our pay grade, but like there's so much at play that we don't know. It's really hard to speak on it aside from saying, like you said, we want her to be safe at home and taken care of. Um, But it's just in terms of talking any deeper, there's not really much to say. Um, There's a petition going around, sign the petition, you know, that would be cool. And then, you know, spreading awareness is about the best we can do. We can do a little call to action, but I mean, there's not really much else to say really and truly not that I think would do any helping in this situation. Yeah. Okay. Well, now we're going to get into the actual upbeat and more fun part of this episode. This was an an idea actually brought by Carissa and we were going to do it last week, but you weren't able to join the show. So, and it, like I said earlier, it makes more sense to do it, especially with you over Akil, because Akil doesn't exactly give flowers. I, I think it's a really cool idea because a lot of the analysis that we've done in recent has been, what does this person do wrong or what does this team do wrong or right or whatever, but it doesn't really look at them as an individual. So Chris, I actually want you to start since it was your idea. Who are you giving flowers to? Well, I'm actually not going to give flowers to an actual player, but... That's fine. Um, yeah, it can be anybody who, who, um, you know, supports the league or endorses it or, you know, um, plays as well. But yeah, I'm actually going to give my flowers to you guys, to, to Corey, to Bailey and, you know, shout out Akil who can't be here, (laughs) but yeah, you know, it's like women, um, are, you know, they should support women, you know, like. The WNBA is mostly supported by women and, you know, ran by women and all of that. And, you know, when men think of the WNBA, you know, that's the whole situation (laughs) where, uh, you know, can you dunk and can you do this and, you know, go get in the kitchen and all of that. We need more men like you guys, you know, starting podcasts, but not just starting podcasts, not because it's a trend to invest in women or to watch the WBA because it's trending or we're in the right direction, like actually knows their stuff, actually invests in it, watches it, buys jerseys, like interacts with WNBA Twitter. Like you guys aren't, you know, y'all, you just don't talk about it. You know, you are about it. So yeah. Shout out to you guys. Wow. I didn't expect that, but the irony that I was going to turn it back on y'all too as well. <laughs> when I hate you guys so much. <laughs> like I've literally been sitting here all day. I was like, yeah, I'm going to definitely shout out Corey for helping me build the start of all of this. And then Akil, you know, was like our next. And then we got Krista coming up. Like, you know, so I, I guess I got to come off the fly, but I appreciate that. that yeah, that, that's very kind. Very caught me off guard. 
because I thought I was going to be the only one like big brain thoughts here but bigger brain because I was going to shout out um Ari of course but it's like I feel like the whole WNBA Twitter gave her her flowers this, these past few days just because of what the WNBPA said and you know twisted her words when she spoke at the summit and then I feel like the whole WNBA Twitter came to her defense so I didn't want to so I actually I did go actually super player and it's it's uh, it's from a team that uh, we don't ever talk about and certainly would not be allowed to be talked about nicely if Akia was here I want to talk about Tierra McCowan I think that oh, she's, okay. I think she's the kind of player that kind of gets ignored because a lot of people to say, well, she's in Indiana. She's putting up good stats on a bad team. Da, 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 da. And I, I generally think that's typically incorrect, but I wanted to, you know, bring some information to kind of back that up because I like, I, I just think that she's the kind of player that we really should appreciate. I know that sometimes when people say, well, what should we talk about with the Indiana fever? It, it gravitates towards Kelsey Mitchell. And obviously she's very deserving of the attention as well. But uh, McCowan this year was third in rebounds in the league at 9.6, only a half behind Sylvia Fowles, which to me is actually astounding because of how, how great Sylvia Fowles was. She was the best offensive rebounder in the league at 3.4. And I, I hear the, the appeals of the world saying, well, of course she is. She's on a bad team. They shoot poorly. Uh, somebody has to get those rebounds, right? Well, if you look at rebounding percentage, which is an advanced metric, it's considered one of the four pillars of advanced metrics. And it's to take away how, like you factor in missed shots so that it kind of like weights that out. Uh, she's fourth in rebounding rate in the league. So, and like uh, people ahead of her are, I mean, yeah, if you take out people that only played like 10 or so games, she's second in the league behind only John Quell Jones. I think that if she was ever put in a position to succeed, whether it be when this team does get better or if she were to be traded to somewhere where she could like just simply focus on doing that job, I, I think that she would – I mean, I think she's an all-star caliber player if in the right situation. So I wanted to give a shout-out because I, I don't think anyone really – like like I said, that's the kind of – we don't really talk about the Indiana Fever positively at all, and I just wanted to kind of show some love to somebody on the team that we probably should talk about more. I like that. I, and I I don't like the fact that people say that she's she's putting up numbers, you know, on the worst team. Like she's still putting up numbers in the WNBA. Like these this is the best league in the world for women. So Yeah. It's not like she's doing it at the YMCA. So. Yeah, I I hate that because like like you said, it's it, if they do it if it's a star doing it overseas, it's like wow, it's overseas. And if they do it here, but it's on a team that's winning, it's like wow, that's easy because they're on a bad team and it's like you could just respect the talent and, and, and we could do that for countless players. I mean, we all have players that we appreciate more than others, but I, I like the fever and the dream last year too, I think got that a lot because they were considered lesser and you kind of ignore some of the impact of players. And I, I don't think that's very fair. I agree. You are still, she is still one of the 144 most talented women's basketball players on the planet. There's something to be said about that, regardless of the situation she's in, regardless of how her team roster construction looks, record. None of that matters. You still got to go out there and do it. Whether I usually say you still got to go out there and put the ball in the hole, but in this case, you still got to go out there and grab the ball in the air. Like it doesn't, like you still have to do it. You still have to go out there and physically do it night in and night out. And I like that choice a lot. Because I feel like ever since she's been in the league, 
she's gotten a lot of misconceptions about her and her game. I remember watching her in college. She was just dominant, dominant. And it didn't transfer immediately to the W, and people were like, oh, well, she is a bust, da 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 No, it's just like we talk about. Bigs in the W take time. She's in what, year three? I believe so. I think going into four. Um, so, like, still super young, still has all the potential in the world, in my opinion. Mike could use a change of scenery coming soon. I mean, that happens. There's nothing wrong with saying that, in my opinion, because that happens a lot more than you realize. But who knows? The fever could turn a corner this year, and she could be second, third option behind probably Kelsey Mitchell and maybe Tiffany Mitchell. I mean, yes, everything can change on the turn of a dime in professional sports. And, and to further the point of what I was saying with that rebounding rate, because I, again, I can hear Kiel just trying to refute it. There were of the 10 people in the top 10 for players who played at least 12 games in at least 15 minutes. So it weeds out some of the, like you get a high usage because you played five minutes or something like that, because that is a fault in these stats. Uh, only two of them were non-all-star or sorry, three of them were non-all-stars. Two of them played for the fever actually, but the rest it's like, it's John Quill Jones, it's Sylvia Fowles, it's Liz Cambage, it's Candace Parker. So the fact that she's second in a statistic that is favoring players like that, I think is pretty telling to me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. So in this time, this is my turn. I've been sitting here thinking, um, I'm going to do a player and a person. Is that all right? Do as many as you want. <clears throat> so you said, you said a name and I thought about this name a little more in depth after you said it and, it only felt right. We talked about her pretty extensively, I think, two weeks ago. But shout out to John Quill. Always, always shout out to John Quill. Even as MVP of the league, as best player on the best team in the league, record wise, best record team in the league. I mean, you saw what the, the Twitter controversy and what people were saying about her. And it, to me, doesn't make any sense because all you got to do is pay attention. She's right there. She's low-key compared to some others, but she's still there. You just got to pay attention, and and some people showed that they don't pay as much attention as they would like to claim. So, but shout-out John Quill. I know that she was probably a little upset by the reactions she received when she tweeted, but she was spot on, right on the money. She didn't lie. She told a truth that happens to be her truth, and – I, I respect that, and it it does have a overall impact on multiple women, women athletes. Just it was very it had a, a resounding effect, and I just I think she got a some bad publicity for speaking what I think is very accurate and very poignant. So shout out to her, and then I want to give a quick shout out. I've got a feature coming, but I want to give a quick shout out to Sabria and Grow the Game. They're doing big things, growing the game at all levels, both in NCAA and the W. Go follow them if you haven't already. Sabria is a hustler. I don't know how else to put it. She's looking for every opportunity, leaving no stones unturned, not only just for her, but for her organization and making making every every day it seems like there's more and more tangible ripple effects from what she's doing and I just want to give her a shout out always want to shout out Sabria whenever I can but whether it be 
getting on champ sports. I think y'all saw that. I think I said that to the group, making all champ sports or selling tickets for the sky games. She's sold tons of those being the plug on special hoodies. You may have saw her tweet yesterday. I mean, she's doing everything in her power and it's really incredible. I've been fortunate enough to, uh, since she came on the pod last season, you know, form a relationship with her and seeing it more and more, you know, firsthand and incredible woman doing stuff for an incredible cause. I don't know how else to really put it, but shout out to Sabria. Hey, look at that. I, I, I don't know how, if, how I feel, but I'm the only one that I feel like I could have done more because you guys focus this in such, such nice ways. And I'm just like, I want to talk about numbers, but here we are. I mean, you can still do it. Uh, like, off, off the top of your head right now, shout out somebody that's not a WBA player that's in the space. Anybody. The first person that comes to mind, actually, for me, and this is going to probably come off weird, is Noel Quinn. I think that okay. that's an empowerment that we've seen this year. And, like, I, I just think that it kind of came out of nowhere for, for somebody like me who – I don't pay much attention to the coaching ranks and who's coming up when, but I thought that the way she carried herself and the way that she's like, it, it, it was part of this wave that we saw over the last season. And she was the real, really the first, but since then it's, it's been like an empowerment of uh, increasing empowerment of black women in the leadership of the WNBA. And I think that that is like, I, it, it, it seems like it should just be straightforward. That that's how the league is run, but for the most part, it has not been at all times. And I like that we've seen that was the first step. And I think she handled it well. And while Seattle kind of faltered later, I thought that her getting the commissioner's cup for whatever that's worth and actually like taking over a veteran latent team and actually performing rather well. I, I just think overall it was a good step for the league and she was the first person there. I like yeah. that a lot. I like that shout out, especially how she, you know, stayed strong and stayed with it when people were calling for her head because they weren't the Seattle storm that everyone's used to. Yeah, it, it felt very reactionary. Like, like whenever she, whenever they first came out and they were really good, while, I mean, while Bree was healthy. Funny how 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 weird that is. If Stewie's healthy, they're good, and if she's not, they they might not be. But when she was healthy and they were rolling, they're like, oh gosh, no, when this is the best coach in the league, maybe coach of the year. And then as soon as Stewie gets hurt, it's like we have to fire her. They're not the old storm, and it's like. The fact that she handled both things so professionally, I think, was very inspiring to me. So, I love it. I love it. That's a good one. Yeah. I also want to shout out um, Charlie and Keegan, everyone at Outlet Pass, as well as Sport Ethos, you know, for bringing women, you know, content to, to the platform. Gang. We have a good group. Like that, like whether it be export ethos that are putting us on or our outlet past family, like we all share the same values, which I think is what's really important and, and, and like it kind of is echoed throughout what we're talking about today. But yeah. it's not even just about growing us, it's about growing the league and growing growing the viewership and growing all of that. Because we not to steal what Carissa said very nicely about us, but we all we believe in this and we actually think that it is something that is worth growing. It's not even just about like uh, us as individuals we just think that, uh, that everything about this deserves more of a, a, a microscope on it because it, it's a very special product and a very special cause would, would you say it's about growing the game i guess you could say yeah. that <laughs> i couldn't resist that yeah i don't think that's i don't think i'm allowed to say, she might have that copyright at this point so i don't want to steal her swag but like yeah 
Uh, it, it's really funny. It's because you see that expression so often in different contexts and it's always, it's always a marketing point. You can always just quote tweet it. Hey, you see how they said grow the game. I got that. Or, you know, like there's just always an easy way to reply. Or like if someone does an interview, like, and it's on, you know, Twitter or whatever. And they like, if Candace Parker said, and there's like, yeah, you know, we're still looking for ways to grow the game. And it's like, Hey, I know how we can grow the game. I have, <laughs> I have a literal organization called grow the game. Yep. So it, it's, it's literally perfect. And it just couldn't be any better, but. So yeah, catch us later this week. Chris and I will be talking about uh, draft prospects going into the, we're, we're looking at conference tournaments and March Madness and everything like that. So uh, Chris is going to kind of teach me on who to pay attention to as someone <laughs> solely looking at it from a draft perspective. Uh, so that'll be fun. It's something different that we haven't done yet. So I'm looking forward to that later this week and uh, the rest of us will be back next week on our new normal Tuesday show on rebel edition. <laughs>